Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Daniel Hagen. All right, let's stay standing and let's give Jesus a massive shout out. Jesus, we adore you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, be the center, be my hope, be my life, Jesus. Jesus, the lover of my soul, Jesus, I will never let you go, and taking me from the miry clay, set my feet upon a rock, and now I Cause I love you, I need you, though my world be fall, I'll never let you go, my Savior, my closest friend, I will worship you until the very end. Jesus, we adore you, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Grab your seats. I'll get you to stand up again soon, but grab your seats. Hey, Faith, can you just come here for a sec? The band's done an amazing job, right? Let's give the band a round of applause. Faith, how many times have you been, have you sang up here now? Anyone notice Faith's been singing second time? I know it's going to be tough, but spend about the next 10, 20 seconds. Can you let us know how bad your life was before Jesus? What, what did it look like? I was dead. Um, I took drugs to get through every single day and I was abused and just um, not loved at all. What I thought was love was not love. But then I found Jesus. He came into my life and now I'm just loved on every single day. So praise Jesus. <laughs> hey, you've been doing uh, a course called Living Free with Beck and Frank and all the team. Um, tell us about some of the change. Oh, jeez, I don't know. Thanks for putting me on the spot, Dan. Um, the leaders are great um, and the, the group is very supportive and girls that I was with, we all got really close and we shared our experiences and our pains and our struggles and um, we worked through them and um, with scripture and with Jesus and prayer and um, yeah, I've seen a big change in everyone in the group. So thank you for the course. Praise God. She's shining with Jesus now. All right. Thank you. That's so beautiful. I almost don't want you to finish, but I'll give you a break so you can have a chill and enjoy the word for a bit too. Let's give them a round of applause as well. Well, 
got about four messages up my sleeve, not literally, but ready to go. And then during the week, I say to our media team, this is the, the topic, this is the title. Sometimes we do a little video as a prelog. We have a scripture. And then every now and then the Holy Spirit says, I'm glad you're prepared, but that's not what you're going to teach on today. And the media team's like, ah, because I messaged them last minute and say we're going to have to change it. So we're changing it. Is that all right? And so it's not super prepared, but it is a topic that I've immersed my life in, or at least my born-again life in for the last 14 years. So we should be good. Uh, it does follow on from last week. Pentecost Sunday last week. Who enjoyed Pentecost Sunday last week? And uh, Chelsea preached an amazing message on the, the power of renewing your mind. And we know the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But during the, what we termed the flow, where we're just waiting on the Holy Spirit, uh, I felt God just begin to, or asked me to begin to unpack some of uh, what it looks like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, particularly around the area of the gifts of the Spirit. So we spent around five minutes and then we had three people come up and just release prophetic words and it was a really, it was a great time. And so, when was it? Saturday, as I'm just, normally I like to spend a week immersing in the word, in the topic that he's given me. And, uh, but then Saturday there was a shift and I felt like he said, no, actually there's been a change and uh, I want you to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire and the gifts of the Spirit and so we're going to flow from Pentecost Sunday into this message on the baptism, fire, and the gifts. All right, you guys cool with that? So let's stand to our feet again in honor of the Word of God. So we stand during worship often in honor, and we love the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does. But often I like to get us to stand in honor of the Word of God as well. I won't get you to stand for the whole service, but at least the first scripture. Are you guys cool with that? We're going to go to Matthew 3.11. And this is, in a lot of ways, our foundation scripture for this morning. And uh, I'm pretty sure Matt might even have that one. There we go. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, dot, dot, dot. The actual dot, dot, dot is supposed to be on this side, but that's okay, Maddie. You're doing well. Everyone say, thank you, Maddie. All right, let's read it. I indeed baptize you with water. Anyone know who is speaking here? John the Baptist. It's the book of Matthew, but John's actually speaking here. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. Who might that be? Considering that John was noted as being the greatest prophet. And now he see John saying, there's one coming after me that's even greater. Absolutely, it is King Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Thought it not robbery to consider himself equal to God, but yet he came as a servant amongst us. God became man, God became flesh and dwelt among us. But he came, and it says, But he will come after me. Sorry, he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. 
He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everyone say fire. All right, you can grab your seats. I get to meet with a lot of different pastors and Christians from different circles, and sometimes they say, what's the name of your church? And I say, Fire Church. (laughs) And sometimes, even still today, they go, oh, that's an interesting name, Fire Church. But really, it's, it's not that unusual. It shouldn't be that unusual because fire has been, is it, is one of the things that helps us describe uh, or analogy to help us describe God or the manifestation of God. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews and also in the Old Testament that our God is a consuming fire. In other words, He's all consuming. And here it says that Jesus is going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and I believe with the all consuming fire. Amen. Who wants a bit of that? Who's got that? Who hasn't got it? You're brave for putting your hand up. Today is your day. Why don't you nudge the person next to you? This is relevant for everyone and just say, today is your day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. If you'll believe it, you'll receive it. Amen. So I want to read a theological statement now. This is something that I've constructed and put together. Who likes theology? And then I hope that we're going to have some fun picking apart this theological statement. Okay? Theology is fun, but we're going to have some extra fun this morning, and I might need some volunteers. Who's up for that? (laughs) You sure? (laughs) A few hands right down the back kind of went up a little bit. Ben, was that you? I knew it was you. You love this stuff. All right. Praise God. So we are making podcasts. We are making these available real soon. Okay. So if you're wondering, I'd really love to hear that message from last week or the week before. A lot of it is archived now and we're just working on making it all available uh, for everyone for free. Okay. So that's uh, pray for us. It's a lot of work. We've got heaps going on, but resources are good. Amen. So John the Baptist said that he baptized in water and spoke of how... Actually, I want to stop for a minute. I'm just going to pray, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Lord, I, I pray that you'd help me articulate this message. Let it be all you and none of me, if that's possible. And anything that might have come out that was me, just let it fall to the ground. But I thank you that your word is... Um, it never comes back void. It accomplishes that which it was sent out to do. And I thank you for that, God. I pray that this morning it would not just be a word to give us more knowledge, but it would be a word that would cause us to experience what's being taught. It'll be an experiential teaching in Jesus' name. Father, even as Peter taught the Word of God in the book of Acts, chapter 10, and how he taught And he was teaching on the Holy Spirit, teaching even on the baptism of the Holy Spirit as the Word was taught, the Gentiles who had never been filled with the Holy Spirit before, the Holy Spirit fell as he taught, as the Word went forth, as as the Word, which is what gives us faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith arose in their hearts and they received it and the Holy Spirit 
was poured out on the Gentiles for the first time. So Lord, I say, let it be a morning like that and even greater in Jesus' name. And if you're with me, say amen. I preach in different places. We were in uh, Geelong campus last week, and there's a lot of hunger in the room. I feel the same this morning. There's a lot of hunger in the room. It's actually a lot easier to minister when there's hunger. You know, I, you can be in different churches, and honestly, you feel the difference. It's Sometimes it's like pushing through a wall when you're preaching to the chosen frozen. You know what I mean? It's, it's like we, we want the fiery, hungry ones. It, and so I want to encourage you to stir up that hunger. And even if it's something that you've heard before, don't fall into that trap. There's always something fresh. There's always something new. Uh, so draw it out of me this morning, even supernaturally. Don't just let it be taught. Catch it. Some things are taught. Some things are caught. Amen? So let's get back to this theological statement. John the Baptist said that he baptized in water and spoke of how Jesus was how Jesus was coming to baptize believers in the Holy Spirit and fire. And you can read that, and we just did. I believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for and available to all believers. All right, so is for and available to. Why do I say that? Because it's for, but you might not receive it you might reject it maybe because of wrong theology so it's available to but at the end of the day it's still up to you on whether you want to receive it amen is for and available to all believers pouring out his spirit upon all flesh his holy spirit's even at work in unbelievers but to be baptized in the spirit that's for believers amen I believe the prime purpose, not the only purpose, but the prime purpose for the baptism of the Spirit is so that we would receive power to be effective witnesses for Christ. Amen. Effective, fire-breathing, laid-down lovers, wild, full of dynamite power that nothing stops them. That's what I call effective. Amen. Effective witnesses for Christ. And you can find that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I believe the experience is distinct, yet subsequent to the born-again new birth experience. What do I mean by that? We have a born-again experience, but I believe there is a secondary experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I do believe that it can happen simultaneously, and it has happened simultaneously, but I believe there's plenty of evidence to show that it's also a secondary experience, and we're going to have some fun picking that apart today, okay? So, some of you in here might be born again, but may not be baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. How exciting for you that there's still more! Some of you might be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to show you today that there is yet still more. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2, what happened in the upper room. We're going to look at who was in the upper room, and then we're going to flick forward two chapters, Acts chapter 4, the same people that were in Acts chapter 2 and now in Acts chapter 4, and they're saying, fill us again, God. So even if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's something that's going to be released today called, fill us again, Lord. 
I believe the experience is distinct, yet subsequent to the born-again new birth experience. I believe in the same way that salvation is received through faith, it's not a work, amen, you don't have to do a certain amount of good things to get salvation. In the same way, we receive the baptism by faith. So too is the baptism received by faith. I believe we receive access to all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Everyone say all. Uh Uh-oh. We're going to have fun picking that apart today. Amen. Hopefully we get time to unlock it all. Access to, I say access to because some lay dormant because you don't believe that you can operate in it. As a man thinks, so he is, according to your faith, Jesus said. Amen. Access to all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit once we are baptized in the Holy Ghost. And for your, for you theologians that love to study in your own time, just take note of 1 Corinthians 12, 6, which helps underpin what I just wrote there or said there. I believe... After studying the five accounts of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, the initial evidence of the baptism of the Spirit is speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Those last two sentences potentially can bring about questions and even seem controversial. But I want to say I have shifted a little bit on that last statement. Let me explain. I used to be very dogmatic and believe that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, absolutely. Okay? And to a degree, I still believe that. However, I now lean on on the point of, I think it's possible for someone to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, operate in the prophetic, operating gifts of healings, workings of miracles, but for some, known, for some unknown reason, or even known reasons, when it comes to speaking in tongues, there's a blockage in their mind, maybe because of what they've been taught. And so they have faith for the baptism, but they don't have faith for the gift of tongues because of silly theology or something someone said, tongues is of the devil, or, or it's just silly, the language is silly, and they block it because of unbelief. Okay, But I would say that normally... That's, that's on an abnormal sense, but normally what flows, and we see it's consistent throughout Scripture, and there are five clear accounts in the book of Acts where speaking in tongues was something that flowed out of someone that was baptized in the Holy Spirit. You okay? We're getting theological this morning. You okay with that? All right. Praise God. So with that in mind, let's now go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. And as you go there, I want to talk a little. This is the 500-year anniversary, the birthday of the Reformation. Everyone say Reformation. What is the Reformation? It's the church being reformed back to its original state, and really even greater, because that's where we're supposed to move into greater things. 
there was a period of time where the, the church went through what we termed the dark ages and the Roman Catholic Church ruled and there was a lot of hypocrisy. There was a lot of things done in the name of God that were not right, that were not scriptural. And the reformers, and in particular, the birthday is based on Martin Luther. He actually studied up under the Roman Catholic system and began to realize that what we're teaching is not in line with the scriptures. And we're, the church is a mess. I'm not going to go into all the details of that, but over the last 500 years, God's continuing to reform and bring reformation, I believe, preparing us and setting us up to move to even greater things. And I believe we're really at that point now where we're coming into the last days and we are seeing greater things, amen? And God wants you to be involved in the greater things if you'll believe that you can be involved in the greater things, then you can be involved in the greater things because He's just looking for not perfect vessels, not amazingly gifted vessels, although He'll use them if they're willing. He's more looking for willing vessels, amen? Hearts that are perfect towards Him. So over 100 years ago, there was something that took place called Azusa Street. Anyone heard of that? Hopefully I pronounced it right. I used to say it kind of a bit weird. It was a humble mission, old building. It was, it was an old mission building. And on the, on the top of the building, it was apostolic faith. It looked like it was falling down as a weatherboard building. But God did something amazing in this humble setting, kind of like the humble manger of Jesus, right? It's not about the building. It's about the hearts. And I believe that these people that were meeting in Azusa Street, would probably most of them would not have known the significance of those meetings. It was probably a building not much bigger than this, probably smaller than this. And yet what, what God was doing was so significant. And to keep on point, what was so significant was the revelation and was the restoring or the reforming of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The understanding that it's a secondary experience. The understanding that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are absolutely for today, for every believer. There was a number of things that were significant about that move, but that was certainly one of them. It was the first times, first times that white and black people would begin to meet again without segregation. It was horrific, What the racism that was going on through those times. But we see the Holy Spirit brought unity. It was one of the first times we see women begin to rise up into their rightful place and begin to preach the gospel. We see people like Amy Semple McPherson, Catherine Coleman, and some of these amazing women begin to preach and break through some of those old religious mindsets. But I tell you, the Pentecostal church was so persecuted during that time. They were like the weird kind of, they turned them the holy rollers. And the, the guys that look like they're on wacky tobacco, they, they were you know, pushed aside as, as something that was just an obscure cultish type thing. But yet God was on it and he was bringing reformation to his church. Amen. And now, fast forward 100 plus years, did you know the Pentecostal movement, which I would say did spring up out of Azusa, although if you study carefully, there was a remnant that were already speaking in tongues right along. A small group, not going to get into that today. 
But God did something so special. And did you know that the Pentecostal movement, which we are a part of, is the fastest growing Christian movement in all the world. Let's give Jesus some praise for that. What seemed to many as some obscure little meeting, oh, they're just the, the super Spiro ones, you know, the weird ones, the weird cousin. God put his finger on them and it's just spread like wildfire all around the world. And it still is today and God's still bringing reformation today. Amen. So back on now to Acts chapter 8 verse, let me, I've just got the Bible open. No notes today, we're just flowing through. We're going to go, we're definitely in Acts chapter 8. I want to talk about Philip and what he did in a place called Samaria. Let's go, let's say verse 9 and we'll just see where we end up. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming that he was someone great. The counterfeit, the supernatural spiritual counterfeit is present from Old Testament, New Testament. So we need to understand that there is the move of the Spirit and there's always a counterfeit, sometimes closely, closely following and sometimes even tries to get in our midst. And we see this happening here in a place called Samaria. Simon was marveling the people with the counterfeit, new age, different types of spiritual things that were not from the Holy Spirit or not from God. People gave great heed, it said in verse 10, from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Everyone say baptized. I want to tell you that this baptism that he's talking about here was water baptism. Okay, so we have water baptism and baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just while I remember, Bunyip, had nine people last week water our Gippsland campus had nine people water baptized isn't that awesome Jesus the gospel's being preached the gospel's being preached that young man and a family now leading that campus come out of some of those early meetings our messed up people and God just absolutely radically transformed their life through the power of the Holy Spirit and now they're doing the same thing in another region and they'll be meeting in a few hours after we finish here. Isn't that beautiful? By the way, we're, we're planning on another water baptism here. So if you need to be water baptized, please let our pastoral team. If you've never been water baptized, we'd love to see, we'd love to celebrate with you and we're going to have a big party. Does anyone need to be water baptized? Just give us a show of hands if you've never been water baptized. One, two, three. Awesome. I'll do it again. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, we've got a few. So it's probably going to be in a couple of months. So let's get some more people saved. Amen. We'll get them, get them water baptized. So this bap- 
baptized here in verse 12 is water baptism, okay? So Philip has preached the Word of God. They got born again, and we see they received the Word, and then they got water baptized, okay? Stay with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why I'm picking this apart in a moment. Verse 13, Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. By the way, miracles and signs and wonders follow the preaching of Jesus and the preaching of the kingdom, okay? Just preach Jesus, just preach the kingdom, the miracles and signs and wonders follow, amen? It absolutely does. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, everyone say, received the word of God. They sent Peter and John to them. In other words, revival broke out. We've only got Philip. By the way, Philip was one of the guys... Earlier on in the piece, he was one of the seven people that were faithful to serve tables and involved in the ministry of hospitality in the church and helped with the distribution of the food to the poor and to the widows. Then persecution hit the church and Philip was thrusted out and he became an evangelist now and here he is by himself in Samaria, revival's breaking out. People hear about it, the apostles say, we better go down and help Philip. And that's where we're at now. What do they help him with? They've already, they've already been born again. They've already been water baptized. What does he need help with? Let's have a look. Who when they had come down, this is the apostles now coming down to help out Philip, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's the secondary experience and we see that they've received the word of God through the preaching of Philip they've been water baptized and now the apostles we're going to give him a hand and get everyone blasted in the Holy Ghost get them get them overflowing with the river of life with the fire of God amen so I believe this is a clear account and something that you can look at and say okay I see that I see that it's subsequent to, yet to, uh, it's a secondary experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then verse 16 says, For as yet He had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the baptism of water. Then the apostles, they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, received the Holy Spirit. Oh, I tell you what, the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glenn, do you remember? Glenn and I used to, before we were married, we had this house. We called it the discipleship house. Oh, we weren't married, you know what I mean. discipleship house and um, we had two spare rooms one for for someone that we were discipling like we'd be ministering on the streets all the time and, and anyone that was really hungry that wanted to genuinely change we'd have this spare room we'd bring them in rent free and we'd just sew into them and then we had another room that was purely dedicated to prayer and I remember this room was so wonderful it was so wonderful we were legalistic about it. You weren't allowed to talk 
in there to each other. You just had to pray. And if you did talk and you talked about how the weather was, or if you kicked out of that room, this is a house of prayer. It was awesome. And literally the atmosphere as you went from the hallway into the room, like everything was different. It was even the temperature. It was like the cool of the day, like the Garden of Eden. It felt different as you went in there. Anyway, I remember as a young Christian, I had these thoughts. When I, sometimes when I was speaking in tongues, I'm like, is that me? You know, is that just gibberish? And I just had this harassing demon to say, that's, you know, that's fake. It's, you know, anyone can do that. Who's ever had that harassing demon when, when it comes to speaking in tongues? And I remember like going, God, can you do, like I heard about Jack Coe and how he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And like he, he like couldn't stop speaking in tongues for like a week longer, I think. And uh, like, can you do something like that? Just so I, I can never, ever doubt this again. And I remember having, I don't know if you were in the room at that time, Glenn, but I had this experience and this language just gushed out. It was like, man, I, I, I mean, I thought Maxine Strobeck can talk fast, but I'm <laughs> you're a great preacher, by the way. Um, but this was fast and it was this supernatural. I couldn't, honestly, I, there's no way I couldn't even do it now. It was just like, and it was an unbelievable supernatural experience unbelievable to the carnal mind but believable to the person with the mind of Christ amen and I had and God whacked me he absolutely blasted me in that prayer room and for the next couple of weeks my body was I felt like I'd been in this kind of uh what did I call it at the time like a nuclear chamber or something like because my body was literally reacting to this experience even in the most inconvenient of times, like in, you know, I'm a, a field manager and having to, to deal with, uh, you know, executives, people in suits and, and my neck begin to, I've told some of you guys this story, but my neck just was like, the Holy Spirit was surging through my body. It went on for weeks. I even had that same demon say, your nervous system now is um, not right. There's something wrong with you because the Holy Spirit's like, and I couldn't stop it. It was so weird, but it was wonderful. You know, I was wrestling with God for this experience. And sometimes you might walk away with a limp or you might walk away and physically look a bit weird. But it's worth it, man, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I've never, ever doubted it again since. And I, rum, I rub a gumboot Mitsubishi all the time now. Like seriously, I pray in tongues all the time. And it is a mighty, mighty weapon. Amen. I want to. I pray that every one of you guys experience. If you don't speak in tongues, that you'll experience it today. Sometimes it might be instant, instantaneously. We're going to lay hands on you today. You might just get blasted. This heavenly language to come out. It might happen on the way home. It might happen in the shower. But it's going to happen because God wants you all to experience that wonderful gift. And for those that aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's going to happen. All right. I need a hand now. So Bolu, can I ask you to come up just as we close? Sometimes people learn more through teaching. Sometimes people learn more through analogies, uh, role-playing experience. So could you grab that jar for me? Josh and... Uh, where's Arnie? We'll get Arnie up here too. What's that? I definitely need Arnie. Where's Arnie? Let's give Arnie a round of applause, by the way. 
So, by the way, I was in the gym this week, and uh, so was Arnie, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, uh, and we were just having a chat, and he was telling me how, um, how encouraged he is by discipleship breakout. And Bree doing a great job and having a wonderful time in there on Thursday nights. And, and uh, you told me not long ago you stopped someone on the street that was suicidal, and, and basically the gospel saved their life because of your obedience and your willingness to do that. Uh, but I, I was reminded in the gym this week that we met in the gym. Actually, my wife was with, with me. We have Mondays off, and sometimes we go to the gym and we go to the sauna. And Chelsea was sitting there, and she's like, I've got a word for these guys. Arnie's in the sauna. It's a good thing it's not like the Finland saunas. We still had other, it could be a bit weird right now. But it was just a normal Aussie sauna. And so we're sitting there, and, uh, and Chelsea said, I've got a word. And so she released a word of knowledge impacted them so much and in particular impacted Arnie so much that uh, he, he's got set ablaze. He's here now and now he's doing it to others and encouraging others and setting others ablaze. Amen. And you speak in tongues, right? Yeah, baptizing the Holy Spirit. So what happens is, I just want to show you something. Oh, Josh, where are you? We need Josh up here too. Come up here, buddy. All right, everyone say experiential. All right, let's, this is the vessel, okay? So this is symbolic for the vessel. How many people know the Bible talks about us being vessels that carry their body as a temple or a vessel of the Holy Spirit? It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So like those in Samaria, they receive the word. Stop. They're water baptized. They receive the word. Okay, so the vessel is sealed unto the day of redemption or salvation. We've got the, the Holy Ghost. Amen. But then the apostles come along and say, that's awesome that they've received the word of God. That's awesome that they have received uh, by faith the preaching of the gospel and the kingdom of God. But let's go help Philip out and get them all blasted in the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. It's a vessel that's not supposed to just contain a measure of water. Baptism, by the way, literally means to be fully immersed. What is the definition of full? Let's check it out. Stop. That's pretty full, right? You'd be happy with that if you went to the, the pub. I would be, I think, yeah, that's pretty full. I wouldn't complain about that, right? But in God's mathematics, He's got a new wine which doesn't leave you with a hangover, and He's not interested in you just having a top up. The word baptism means overflowing. It's a river that flows out of you. Come over here, boys. Why does it flow out of us? You might have noted in my initial statement, theological statement, I believe the prime purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not so that we can 
just sit around praying in tongues, although it's wonderful. There's more to it. The prime purpose, Acts 1.8, you shall receive power to be witnesses. It's for others. So you get filled up. Let's fill it up. And it overflows. And it spills out. It spills out. And it touches someone. And they'll never be the same again. It spills out. That's the definition of water baptism. Oh, sorry, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Where you're overflowing and they taste and see that the Lord is good. Chelsea in that sauna was overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Couldn't keep it to herself. Couldn't hold it back. There's a river in me that's flowing out. They're getting that right hand. He does that again. <laughs> Can't contain it. And so it flows out. They it tasted and saw that the Lord was good through the gifts of the Spirit, which, by the way, is the manifestation of the Spirit. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the nine gifts of the Spirit going to get activated and that's part of the flowing, part of the river. Now they end up in church just wet. Wet with the anointing of God and now they go and do the same thing. I don't know whether it's a good witnessing technique though to the unsaved. It's like, by the way, this is what it looks like. To, they might not take it the same way, but you boys took it really well. Let's give them a round of applause. I did give them a heads up, but I didn't tell them exactly what was going to happen. So that was wonderful. Thanks for being good sports. Let's stand to our feet. so full of God that we are overflowing. Listen, I want to quickly take you back, back to Acts 4 because by doing this, by me going back to Acts 4, what's going to happen, it's going to include every single person in this building for this message. ministering to people that are maybe in doubt, maybe haven't experienced the secondary experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, maybe even didn't know about it. But now I just want to include everyone. Are you okay with that? An inclusive church. <laughs> Jesus. As I said, just bear with me. Let's go from verse 23 and see where we end up. And being let go, they, were, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said. 
to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. You made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the nations rage and plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together just to give you a little bit of a context of how they might have been feeling. These guys, it's the type of persecution they're facing was probably in line with what you'd face if you're trying to minister where ISIS is present or where the Taliban's present. And so it's extreme persecution, yeah? But all of us face persecution and pressure, amen, to some degree. So it's relevant to us all. Verse 29, this is their prayer. Now, these are the same people that were in the Acts 2 account where they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues. I've almost finished now. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, everyone say boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus when When the baptism of the Holy Spirit falls, when the Holy Spirit's poured out, that's what we can expect. Healing and signs and wonders and boldness. Verse 31, check out what happened when they prayed. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Let's give Jesus some praise, come on. We're giving Him some praise because of what He did there, but also because of what He's about to do now. Do it again, Lord. Chels mentioned, you know, what happens when we share testimonies? God multiplies the testimony. How much when we share the testimony of the written Word of God, Scripture, will He bring multiplication for those that believe? And so that account brings everyone into this picture right now. And I guarantee you, we all need a little bit more boldness. We'd all like to see a few more signs and wonders and healings. I don't think any of us are walking at the level of Jesus yet. So it brings everyone in to say, who's hungry? Who wants a fresh outpouring? Who wants a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit? So I don't know how we're going to do this because I feel like everyone's going to respond to this altar call the way I've kind of set this up. But we'll find a way. All right. If you don't speak in tongues, you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've just noticed here, okay, I see that account in the book of Acts. Didn't have time to pick it all apart, but if you've got more questions, I'd be happy to sit down. Come forward. If you feel like that you've been cold and you know that you've had this experience, but you've kind of, it's dried up and you're like, God, I just need a fresh touch. I want, the, maybe you were like me where it's like you got these harassing thoughts and is it really me? Is it really of God? And you're just doubting yourself, come forward. And come forward in such a way that we know you're here. Ministry team, if you're ready. Jesus, Jesus. As you come forward, let's just pick it up. Let's pick that song up.
Jesus, come forward. If you want to be absolutely blasted in the Holy Ghost, come forward. A fresh touch where you get literally shaken like in Acts 4. Shaken. You know, there are a lot of things that happen when people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Demons get cast out. Like, because you get flushed, like we saw with that water. It's, it flushes out anything that's not of God. And light and darkness cannot mix. So if you've been having trouble in, with, with facing demons in the unseen realm, harassing demons, come forward and get a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one, or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.